from the first whistle blow till the game is on the line. This is Stoppage Time. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to a brand new year, a new me, a new you, Tyler, a new year. How's it going? How's it going, boy? It's good. It's good. I'm, uh, I'm excited to, uh, to get back to t- talking some, uh, some football with you, but also uh, it's good to see you. It's good to uh, finally put 2020 behind us and uh, start for some new and exciting things in 2021. I know, like the the sports scene is insane. Politics is something else. I, I think that that's that's not going to resolve itself till later on this year. But sports is going nuts, guys. Let me tell you something, T- Tyler. You've been you've been communicating with me all throughout the holidays. As a matter of fact, before I get to that, because we haven't talked that much, how was your holidays, bro? You have any New Year's <laughs> resolution? Any anything that you got going on? I know that you're up there. You're seeing some snow and stuff. I'm out here. I'm sweating in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> Have you seen uh, a bead of sweat since you've left? No, actually, I haven't, and uh, I, I'm not going to say I miss it either. I, I don't, I, I do not miss it, and uh, no real resolutions. Just uh, excited to see what uh, 2021 brings. A uh, lot of, lot of exciting things to do here in Colorado, and uh, hopefully get to, to finally get get those roots in and uh, and explore and enjoy. That's good. That's good. I think my only, my only New Year's resolution was that I gotta come see you when things are much better. When when the environment is more conducive for social gatherings. <laughs> that's that's how I'm gonna put it down. I, I can't wait till that time comes. Uh, there's so much going on, guys. This is January, and anyone that knows about football knows that January is a very monumental time in the sport across the majority of the leagues because some leagues are start a little early some start late Tyler what's going on in January we are in the middle of the transfer window and I know Greg had kind of alluded to this uh, as we were wrapping up last year with in regards to Messi uh, worried that he was going to leave the team and this is why in January this is where teams can have negotiations they can uh offer contracts to people and uh, you might see some, uh, some different lineups when we get to uh, some more champions league action in February. Is Messi going to stay at at Barcelona? We don't know. Mm. Where's Paul Pogba going to end up from Man U? We Mm. don't know. There are so many players that are frustrated and upset with their current situations. Uh, We could either see a huge January window or we see a huge summer window, which we will also uh, get to, uh, but we'll we'll see. That there's at least going to be some movement. We're going to see some uh, some new faces, or some familiar f- faces in new places. So I, I think I got to pose this question to you, Tyler. What is the most exciting transfer rumor that you've heard so far? Your number one transfer rumor so far and we're going to get into this more next week guys because i think that coming into honestly when we get to the transfer deadlines and whatnot that's when we're going to see a lot of scrambling but in the middle of the month that's where it kind of shows where the the new landscapes in which we'll see in the football world but tyler what is your most anticipated transfer rumor if any i mean obviously it'll be interesting to see where Messi ends up uh I, i think everyone's kind of curious but uh, I think there's a lot of exciting things 
well, I say exciting. One of them involves my team and a couple of players that might be uh, going to the Liga, the French Liga, uh, to PSG. Um, I know that the uh, the new coach for PSG, which, by the way, over the break, Thomas Tuchel got sacked from PSG. We didn't even talk about that. We haven't even gotten a chance to yet. But there is a new coach at PSG. Uh, who, who, oh, no. who he got, Tuchel got fired Christmas Eve. <laughs> Unfortunate, yeah. Just, just throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, just just to throw that in there. Just to uh, throw but that in there. PSG's new coach is Tottenham's old coach, and he is going after uh, players like Deli Ali, uh, Hugo Lloris. Uh, whether they move now or summer remains to be seen. But also, uh, where's Paul Pogba going to end up? Where uh, what's going to happen in Man City with Sergio Aguero? Uh, mm. Maybe even Raheem Sterling on a move. Mm. Um, Liverpool uh, star player Mo Salah is not happy. Uh, where's he potentially going to end up? There's there's a lot of great players. Uh, Chelsea might trade Olivier Giroud. Uh, that makes but- absolutely no sense to me. <laughs> as you as you said, that makes absolutely no sense to me. Olivier Giroud has been the archangel of Chelsea right now. Well, he might be somewhere else in uh by the end of the month which create it has to be because of his age he's 34 um, yeah but he's he's still good he's still really really good which makes it also head scratching for how uh poorly chelsea is playing right now i i know and and the thing about it is that chelsea chelsea has not had the level of success that we expect from them and Olivier Giroud is the only thing that's kind of keeping them in the fray. Why would you get rid of him? We'll get into that more next week. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to give it all away. I don't want to give it all away, guys. These are the, the next couple of weeks are going to be so exciting up until we get back into our Champions League news. Oh, which I'll, is... I'll throw this one out there. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, I've even heard. Tiny, tiny rumors that uh, Dortmund might get rid of Holland. That's ridiculous. I, 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 I don't know how much I believe it either, but his name has also been mentioned as a potential uh, name that might be moving. That, that's all rumor. I, I, don't, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that at all. I, uh, I'm I don't, here to I, feed those rumors. <laughs> I, obviously. Obviously. It took to shock me. To shock me. I don't, I don't believe that at all. If I don't do that at least once a podcast, uh, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> so, guys, this week, you know, we, I know that we've been we've been baiting this for a long time, but we're actually there's there's something that's been bugging me, Tyler. Let me tell you, I've watched a lot of football in my life. I've even played a little football in my life. I wouldn't say a lot, but played a little football um, at the at the high school and college level mostly friendly a little competitive from time to time and one thing that i've always been curious about and been wondering how standard the regulations are is on the actions of the referees now real life is not like fifa in FIFA, you know that certain things happen. You you know that you you foul somebody, or even even in FIFA, it's a little bit obscure. Like sometimes I'll, I'll run into another player and they'll call it a foul. I'll be like, "How is that a foul?" 
So we're trying to clear some of that up today with two main calls that we've seen over the course of the, of the Champions League. We're, we're going to take in the rules from last year into this year. We're probably going to do a little bit of comparison over the 2018-2019 uh, season rules and regulations and see where that has changed. Obviously, AR has been introduced into the game in a big way and, and has almost, I would say, almost dominated has has brought up quite a bit of controversy with the calls that are made there. I'm, I'm, I need to find out that too. Is AR actually helping the game or hurting the game? We'll get more into that a little bit later. But Tyler, refereeing, refereeing the game. Are you in agreement that this is being done efficiently and correctly? The, the majority of games, especially for the topics that we're, we're, we're going to talk about, I would say no. And one of the interesting things that uh, I, I know VAR is a whole another animal that, that we can tackle and that, that I, I know it mostly has its detractors and things like that. But I've even seen uh, because of VAR goals be overturned because it's discovered a foul while reviewing a goal. And so it's like, oh, nope, there was a handball there. Uh, goal disallowed like I, I've seen that happen it's very frustrating but VAR is a complete different thing and uh, not really like you said what, what we're going to be uh, tackling here yeah so we're, we're going to dive into two different topics I, I know that I threw out that VAR um, conversation that may be brought on later but guys have you ever wondered while you're watching the game you've seen a call that's that it seems so obscure to to a, a definitive decision now i do understand that referees are human beings like you and me the game goes fast these guys are professional athletes and when i say professional athletes they earn a lot of money for the things that they go through on the field which means that they're top of their class. And in order to keep up with that, a referee has to be, one, very fit, and then, two, very meticulous about the calls that he makes. Now, there are 22 players on the field versus this one referee. I put it in that perspective because I've seen it go that way, where each side is vying for the referee's decision-making ability to swing either way to help support the team's ultimate objective, which is winning the game. However, however, one of the rules that takes me by surprise almost every time is the handball call. It, it's, I feel like it's been a debate ever since people have been playing the game. A handball. And, and, and it just keeps getting muddy and muddy. It, <laughs> it gets muddy and muddy, muddier. It's the muddy, like... The decisions that are made on the field, yes, I understand. They are subjective. Handballs have, have a definition. And if I'm, I'm going to read this out for you guys. A handball occurs if, a play, if any player other than the, goal, the team's goalkeeper within his own penalty area deliberately handles the ball when in play. A, paw, a ball can be handled with any part of the arm from the tip's of the player's fingers right up to the shoulder. And if I remember correctly, this is from the 2018-2019. That is correct. So anywhere from your fingertips up to your shoulder blade, you're looking at a handball call. Now, that, that was the definition that I found from the 18 to 19 um, handball definition. 
if we go into the 2020-2021 definition of a handball, it says deliberately touches the ball with the hand or arm, which I'm assuming the arm be this, the hand be that, including moving the hand or arm towards the ball. Now, I'm not going to read out all of it for you guys, but there, there's, they, they say that the ball, that this call would not be made. It would not, or should not. I, I think that the, I really want to be clear on the, the, the English here. It should not be awarded if a player is ruled to have handled the ball accidentally. How do you see that as a referee, especially like I said before, these are professional athletes and the expectation is that they have full control of their bodies when they're moving, how they're moving. But they're, but we are also animals. We have instincts. Football is coming towards my face. Of course, I'm going to block it, which they say here in the not awarded, not awardable section that if someone is to protect themselves, a ball is at point blank range. Say it's five yards, 10 yards out. And the ball is shot at, at point blank range within the box. A defender puts his hand in front of his face to defend himself. It shouldn't be awarded. However, Tyler, fans, everyone who's listening, I'm sure that you've seen plays like this occur. And, the, and it was called. Penalties have been taken. Games have been won. It, it's, it's astounding that, like, like I said earlier, that this rule has not become any clearer throughout the course of football history. And I think even right now, again, VAR is a complete diff completely different animal. But I, I have seen games this year where a player is running one way and the player with the ball kicks the ball and the defender is trying to stop. And when you're running to stop, you have to do something with your arms. Yep. It, it is a natural way to stop is to put your arms out like this to be like, no, like it's, it's like when you see some, uh, an animal skidding on the, on a hardwood floor or someone sliding through on, on a hardwood floor, their, their arms are out because they're trying to stop. Correct. And, and I've seen the ball kicked where someone's arms are just out because they're trying to stop naturally handball yep and, and and that that motion that outward motion is the the person changing its center of gravity in order to maintain balance that that is a natural i don't think that there's any way that you could do that uh, unless you're inhuman there's there's no way in which you could you could change that behavior it's something that we that we have instinctively we haven't even learned that that's instinctive well, at least if you've learned that you've learned that as a baby when you're beginning to walk, how to change your center of gravity in order to maintain balance. When you're running at full speed, changing your center of gravity is pivotal in order for you to change on a dime. We've seen that in all sorts of sports. So Tyler, when it comes to this handball position, like I said, it's very subjective. I wish that I had a, a numbers in order to show the amount of handball decisions that could have gone either way, 50-50. It is up to the referee's deliberation of that split-second moment to make a choice as to whether that's going to go one way or the other. VAR, honestly, hasn't helped me. 
any. <laughs> if any anything, like we said, it's brought up more issues. The, yeah. the the hardest thing to to really grasp in this and then with, with handballs is that split split second has made it impossible to tell intent. Mm-hmm. You 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 cannot tell in that split second what that player's intent was. The, this just popped into my head too. I remember I saw a handball called in a game and a penalty kick was awarded and the team ended up losing ultimately because of this. It wasn't like at the end of the game, but it, they did lose by a goal where the player wasn't even looking. He had his back to the thing, to, to the action, because he was following something else that was happening. Mm-hmm. And the ball bounced and hit him in the hand and they called handball. The ball. How, how, how can you even tell the intent from that when they're not even l- looking like they, they can't even do anything like, and, and I've, I've heard announcers uh, comment on this too. Like what, what are these players supposed to do in these yeah. situations? Like what, honestly, you've ended up seeing defensive errors of players trying not to get handballs, like where they're, they're shielding their body and the ball goes through and it finds a player and it scores not saying that they would have stuck their hand out and been like, no denied right. or anything like that. But like you, you see the player very purposefully with his hands behind his back or, you know, like trying to, to not get any unnecessary foul called and they end up giving up a goal. While, while this is for uh, a completely different reason, this example I'm going to bring up because uh, I, I do think it is uh, helping player safety with this. It's the same thing you see in football with the the targeting where they're forced to change how they tackle mm-hmm. so that they don't use their head so much and they don't cause trauma and, you know, things like that. That's a good example of a game changing to try to protect players and uh, try to keep safety in mind. This, this has nothing to, to do with safety. This is players having to change and it's, well- that that is actually the direction that I was going into. So great mind, sir, because I didn't even <laughs> leave this in the note. I was I was about to to lean into this a little bit. The handball, the handball rules, being as strict as they are, because I think that the rules themselves on paper make sense. It's a setup where you, you know it, it it makes sense on paper. I, on paper, I don't really have an issue with the handball rules. What I do have an issue with is how is how stringent or how strict some of these rules are on the field and secondly the training of the referees in terms of determining what is a true handball or not and lastly Tyler this is this is where your point is so interesting i was going to lean into the fact that in order for someone if you train a player to avoid a handball at all costs because it is a costly offense to to take as a team you train a player to go against his nature per se and try not to get these handballs do you see a possibility that players could be then putting themselves in more harm in more risk of getting injured under under these regulations it, it it forces the bodies to go into unnatural positions and one one of the things that I'm looking at, we we copy and pasted some of the rules so that we could we could find them easier. One of the the interesting 
and very uh, subjective wordings for what's not a handball is if the hand or arm is close to the body and does not make the body unnaturally bigger. What? <laughs> what like, does that like mean? I, I, I understand the sentence and it the, the sentence itself makes sense. But I, I have played soccer. Uh, I mean, it's been a few years, but I played soccer all the way through middle school, high school, a little bit of college. Thinking about like that having to go through my head while trying to avoid getting a handball. It, it's so open-ended and so it, it's altering the, the way that the players are thinking and mm-hmm. playing. And I don't think it's for the better because players seem to be confused. Coaches seem to be confused. The announcers calling the games are confused. And often at times the refs look confused, even though they definitively call stuff. And as a ref, you have to stand by your decisions, right or wrong. But no one seems to understand this rule. And the more more that soccer tries to clarify it, like the governing bodies try to clarify it, the more confusing and gray area it becomes, which I think is also frustrating. Just, Just tell us what the, tell people what the rule is. Right. And people will have to adjust. Why keep trying to put this fancy lingo or, you know, dress it up? Just say what it is. The coaches and players will figure it out. The more you keep trying to change it, the more confusing it's going to be. And you see people pissed off. Yeah. I I actually want to extend this out to anybody who is listening and has a little bit more knowledge on this. Could you go on, uh, if you have the knowledge already, could you reach out to us on our Facebook page? That's the Stoppage Time Podcast on Facebook. And please leave some sort of stat for the, for the percentage of types of fouls or misconducts that we see in a game. I would like to see what the percentage of all fouls or misconducts handballs fall under and i know that's a lot of work but if you have the information already leave it down in in our social media um or leave it down in the comment if you're you know if you're listening to the podcast reach out to us via email we have all that information available for you guys reach out to me i really would like to see the numbers on that that is an interesting stat unless tyler with his wizardry could come up with it before the (laughs) end of the podcast I think that that's something that will be interesting to look at to see, you know, out of, out of all the different types of fouls and misconducts that they have in the game, what are you like your top three percentage wise out of, out of a hundred percent of the fouls that take place in the game. It's a, it's a large stat. That's, that's a statistician's job. I hope that we have one of you guys listening to the <laughs> podcast so that we could get that stat. Well, it's, it's just frustrating because it, it takes a lot of the enjoyment out of the game and when, when, when things aren't clear like this. Because, again, like, like the next thing that we're going to talk about in terms of, of refing, the, there are so many, so many times where I'm just like, well, that wasn't a handball. Or mm-hmm. to, to spoil what we're going to talk about next, is like, that's not a foul. Yeah. And I... <sighs> It's just it's just frustrating. It's very yeah. very frustrating, and we've seen the games be impacted because of it heavily. 
heavily because again, like when, when it comes to fouls and, and misconducts, you're looking at a situation where players are, their energy is what drives them towards the wins. Now there's a whole conversation around, you know, corruption and biases and, you know, referees taking uh, payments. And there's a lot of, there's, there has been a lot of that. If anybody has seen any FIFA, uh, anti-FIFA documentary, um, you would, you would know this. This is common knowledge. This is not, I'm not slandering anyone. This is, <laughs> we know that these things happen. Players get paid off. Coaches get paid off. Refs get paid off to sway the, the result one way or the other. Regardless, there are just some fouls that, that are egregious in their, not just the foul itself, but the result, the penalty for the foul. For example... Tyler has been uh, having this conversation with me for a while, complaining about this with a play against my team specifically, where a penalty kick was awarded when PK, <laughs> ironically named, uh, <laughs> gave a little tug and shove to one of the players, not even resulting in the player going down, I don't think, if I remember the clip correctly. Tyler, based on the definition and disciplinary actions that we've seen from the IFAB. Do you think? Do you think now that that was that that was a foul? That result. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I could deal with the penalty kick. I could deal with the penalty kick. That's not the problem. The problem that I have is they got a PK and not a, not a yellow, not a yellow. They got a red card for that. My team got a red card. I think it was unjust. I don't think that he was. We'll get into the definitions and whatnot in a little bit. Tyler, jump in. I know. Yeah, I got you. I see you jumping at the bits. <laughs> get in there, boy. I, get well, in I, there. I, I, I've never thought that that was a foul. Uh, right. <laughs> no, not not even a soft yellow. And the fact that he got a red is just kind of cr- still crazy to me. And I mean, what was it only because it was just him between the goalie? Is that the, is that the only reason? Because I know that sometimes that's. Uh, how some of those reds do come out is for those of you that don't know if uh, a foul is committed with the last defensive player between uh, separating the offensive player and the goal, it'll usually result in a, in a card. Yeah. And, and again, I don't mind if they give, if they gave PK a yellow card, I would have been, I would, I would have still been outraged, but it wouldn't have surprised me in the because pk let me let me tell you something <laughs> when someone is faster than you and you have an ultra so i played a lot of defense i played left back um for the majority of the time that i've played football now now you know football football was not the 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 competitive sport of of choice for me i was more of a swimmer that's a little you know i'm gonna have a little <laughs> q a with my listeners later <laughs> swimming swimming was my uh was my sport of choice i was good at it i competed on multiple levels have medals trophies whatnot football was something that I, that I always had interest in and then developed a love for in that time when you are now, now the majority of the teams i was faster than a lot of the guys so i could catch up with the play but i was clumsy so i did commit a lot of fouls out of desperation so you were Kyle Walker? Mostly. I, I could say <laughs> Kyle Walker and I have 
uh, similar uh, similar issues. <laughs> He's a taller gentleman. Um, at playing against the guys I was playing with, I was usually a taller guy because the midfielders are you know little guys, a little five eight, five seven. I'm a big six foot dude. You know, coming at you, two hundred pounds. I, I I did commit a lot of fouls. I would admit that I committed a lot of fouls on purpose. There were times where wingers are coming down and they have, they have the advantage on me at least three or four steps. And I get in there and put a foul on that person to make sure that they knew not to run up and down my wing but, anymore. But the difference is the coach wanted you to do that. The, the difference was, is that I was pissed off that he got, you know, two <laughs> or three feet on me. Right. But, um, but, but those type of fouls, I think, a coach can be more forgiving on it, it, it's a similar type thing where if there's a fast break and you don't want somebody to get a, in the, an easy layup you foul the heck out of them oh yeah and and oh, you yeah. make sure that they don't make the shot there there's mm-hmm. some unspoken um not not brutality that's not the, that's not the <laughs> right word but the, there are some the, there are some fouls that coaches will be like yeah okay he, well, that makes sense I, I get it yeah <laughs> yeah so, so there are situations where that happens. Uh, looking at the play, I've seen, I've seen a lot of this where slower defenders are chasing down quicker forwards. I've seen plays where people have gone in deliberately to not harm the other player, but to at least stop them dead in their tracks so they don't have an opportunity. I've done that, right? I've been there. I we know, all have. I, all right? I know. I, I, know. I, was a, I was a defensive midfielder. I, yeah. I know exactly <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 will, I will put you on the ground, right? And that was my intention. I got many cards for it, right? <laughs> uh, but that, that play where PK was chasing down the defender, I saw no deliberate action to bring him down. PK, like most defenders, at least the well-behaved ones, was chasing the ball. His attention was on the ball. He put his hand on the player. Don't get me wrong. There was a little tug and shove of the player, but his intention was not to bring him down. He knew the position that he was in. He understood the situation that he was in, and he did everything in his power not to bring that player down. And, And if I recall correctly, I don't think that he did. It was two tugs and a shove. Right? Two tugs. Uh uh. And the other guy shoved and the whistle was called before the player could even take the shot. How is that a a deliberate obstruction of play? I don't get it. And it's not, it's not. And I, I I think uh, a lot of what we're going to talk about with fouls is going to go hand in hand with um, something that the, the sport of football can be kind of notorious for is flopping. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of players across many, many leagues for contrary to popular belief. It's not just Ronaldo. I know he got ragged on a lot and Neymar. For, 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 for flopping a lot. It's not just mm-hmm. them. It's not just them. There's an unfortunate number of players out there who will go down as soon as they feel any contact. contact. Mm-hmm. And even if refs, they don't feel contact and the refs are more likely to call that mm-hmm. and i think that also results in some unnecessary yellows because while it's not a yellow up front if you keep doing it you're going to get a yellow 
on you yep. just mm-hmm. for just the multiple offenses throughout over the course of a game. And there was a game I was watching. It wasn't this past weekend. It was the weekend before where I remember there was a long pass and a break. There was a offensive player. I think this was actually in the Wolverhampton game. I forget who they were playing, but the, the player was making a break and there was a defensive player and it just would have been those two players and the goalie. So it would have been fantastic. And the, the offensive player ended up scoring on this play as well, but mm. the ref was expecting the offensive player to make contact with the defensive player. And before the contact had happened and they actually pointed this out on TV, the ref already had his hand up to call the foul. Mm-hmm. And the guy ended up not making any contact at all or minimal contact, you know, nothing that you would have called a foul on. And the foul was called as he booted the ball into the back of the net and the game ended in tie. Yeah. <laughs> you see the, the ref was ready to call that foul already. Mm. Yep. And that's an unfortunate thing. I, I would but say, goes I would into say, what we're talking about, how this is changing the game. I would say more disgusting than unfortunate. It's, yeah. it's, it's a disgusting and, and egregious action. action. Sorry. Egregious action <laughs> on, on the game, on the beautiful game of football. Now, I know that diving or flopping or whichever way you want to call it uh, has become part of the game. That's, that's something that we expect. I think uh, now we're, we've been talking about fouls and handballs and, and some of you guys out there are probably asking, well, what is the point guys? What is the point? Well, the point is that these actions take the joy away from the game. They do. These calls from the referees take the joy out of the game. What happens when the joy comes out of the game? Well, Guys like me and Tyler stop talking about the sport because it gets it gets too foul focused, too foul centric. Now you, you you might be thinking that football is too big of a game that it might it would never fall. That, eh. Boxing was big in the twenties, guys. Boxing was the sport of choice. <laughs> Nobody really talks about boxing anymore, at least not on that level. Football could have a period of of failure, and what does that mean for companies? What could that mean for companies? No money. Stop sponsoring if you well one of the things that I personally enjoy about uh, well I mean I, I enjoy the game in general, but one of the the aspects that is also nice there's no commercials. you have your first half, you have a 15 minute half time <laughs> and but you see on the outside the there's occasional uh, commercials that pop up in the corner, but then around the stadium you see the ads going around the stadium and of mm-hmm. course the uniforms have sponsors as well. Mm-hmm. it's it's basically like uh i can't believe i make this comparison because they're it's completely different in every other way it, it's human nascar essentially is what it is yeah <laughs> um i i hate that i made that comparison but but that that is what i, I was like oh they're like nascar they're just not going around the track they're it, it's like Up it's like hockey it's hockey mixed with nascar mm-hmm. um <laughs> To, to put it very awkwardly and um, 
it, it's it's been really interesting too because uh, another thing that uh, comes from some of these um, some of these calls and unnecessary flopping and things like that is you have these teams that injuries yep. that are injury plagued and I know we talked um, it seems like ages ago about uh, Jurgen Klopp and his uh, opinion on the the way that the games have been scheduled and how uh, teams are getting hurt and things like that. And it's, it, it was, it, it was easy to, to rip on him a little. I mean, I, I think he was right, but it was easy to rip on him because he was so vocal about it. Yeah. And the, the one time that he finally said he was going to back down and stop talking about it, the press asked him about it and it launched him off again, which was just like, you, you heard the question act asked, and you saw it in his eyes. I'm just like, oh no, he's gonna go off. Like you, you. Can, <laughs> I, I remember watching that interview live after watching the game, and I was just like, this isn't. What are you doing? Why did you ask that? He 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 wasn't saying anything. You, you had to ask him about a player getting injured. You just had to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but, I I think. I think that when it comes to to a situation like that, and I love I love him as a coach. I think that you know sometimes. You just have to stick to your guns and complain. Just be the complaint. But I mean, like, this is this is the issue. Soccer, at least soccer. Jesus, Tyler, Ooh, you, who, you're who getting, are you? Who are who am I? F- new, new year, new Greg. Oh God. Take him away. Take him <laughs> away. Give me give me back. Give me back 2019, Greg. <laughs> Um, I'll t- I'd take a lot of things in 2019 right now. There you go. <laughs> again, not the point of the podcast. No. <laughs> so I, I think, I think when it comes to that, like FIFA and and the IFAB are so powerful, right? This sport, this football, international football, the the leagues around the world are not controlled by the players. When when Ronaldo left Real Madrid, you know, Real Madrid is still Real Madrid. There's too much history there. Whereas in the NBA, if LeBron James say he's not going to play, ratings are going to go down 50%. Yeah. Right? If, if, if uh, you know, uh, right now LeBron is, is the equivalent of, of a Ronaldo or a Messi. If Messi comes to the States, MLS might blow up. But Barcelona supporters are gonna stay there, the the from around the world. Barcelona supporters are gonna support Barcelona whether he's there or not. I admit that to myself because when Ronaldinho left Barcelona and he was my whole reason for loving the club in the first place, when he left, I stuck with the club. It's it's just a different type of game. So could the refereeing really change the game that much? I don't know. It, I don't I don't think so. And, and I'm arguing I, against my own point. That's that's yeah, the that's the thing. And that that's the frustrating point, uh, not point, but that's the frustrating part of all of this is there's there's nothing that really anybody can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually meant to preface what we were going to talk about with that beforehand that we were just going to be talking about our frustrations with and you know potential ways that the 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 refs could be better. But the 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 fact of the matter is. They really can't. The refs no. are going to ref, and these FIFA and the IFB 
are the sorry the IFAB are not going to change how they word things they're not going to try to clear anything up mm-hmm. if if anything they might not be changing it to stir up controversy yep to 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 keep things interesting and mm-hmm. w- whether that will ultimately end up working we'll see but i just know that there's a lot of players frustrated there's a lot of coaches frustrated and when you can see that frustration you as a viewer and lover of the game start to get frustrated yep. and it's never been consistent oh. the, the, that's the other thing is just when you think you actually finally understand the rule something will, will happen and you'll be like what i that that's not how that should be mm-hmm. it's it's just unfortunate and yeah sorry we didn't preface that uh, beforehand we <laughs> we did that. That, that, that at the end we were going to come to zero ways to solve this <laughs> that, that really there are zero ways to solve this well it's i i just... think i think that the the reason that there are zero ways to solve this and and uh, the, the only reason why that why there are zero ways to solve this tyler is because there's not enough pressure on the neck of the beast there's no way that you could solve an issue if it's not going to affect so for example if you were impervious to bee stings, one bee sting is not gonna is not gonna change your life. If you were walking home and you got stung by a bee, the very next day you're gonna walk home the same way because it was not that big of a deal. For example, and I'm using a lot of bug analogies here. Tyler, if you were to get bitten by a mosquito, doubt that's gonna happen in Colorado, in your bedroom. <laughs> are you gonna go back to sleep in your bedroom the following night? course you are right so to to the the organizations that own these leagues i say own in a very not metaphorical what's the word i'm looking for because they they don't literally own them but they they own them right they run Um, them they do run them they 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 manage their 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 day-to-days they manage they manage the way in which their their leagues or they manage they own these leagues guys if it's not gonna affect them in the pocket, which is the part that, that we keep on forgetting. It's not always about the game. It's honestly on that level, it's never about the game. It's more about the money. If it doesn't impact their pockets, they're not going to, they're not going to make any changes. Right. What that, which is why leagues like the NBA uh, is could be affected by one player, one, one to 12 players leave the NBA right now. And they have to restructure everything to satisfy those one to twelve players, right? Well, and I I think you saw that you saw the impact uh, on the sports world when apologies for continuing to bring up political things on a non political, but when the the protests when all the players decided not to play, uh, that then echoed across all of sports in America where the all the teams and everybody just decided not to play and. In, in protest, you you saw the impact and you started to kind of see everyone go like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen if the NBA strikes? What's going to happen if I don't have, if I can't watch LeBron? Mm-hmm. You know, like the you, you saw some people be like, and you saw the impact happen immediately. The players did return to play, I think in the next day or two. And, you know. Life went back to normal. Life, life went on, but... You, you for for a moment you saw 
the true impact of what could happen. Yep. One or two players. If Messi and a bunch of guys from Barcelona decided to walk off the field today, similar to the story that you told me earlier, Tyler, about Aston Villa putting on their their under 23s, (laughs) (laughs) they're just going to replace them. They're just going to replace them because there's, there's too many games, way too many players, players at the age of 16 looking like superstars. You know, that's an ode to Michael Owens from back in the day. You you have an even older players like we're seeing with Giroud right now is starring in his very, very older. I don't want to call him old, but he's old in the football world. You turn 34, you're an old guy. You're a veteran. You you know, um, Messi's old. Cristiano's old. Lewandowski's old. Lewandowski's old, right? And I think he's what, 28, 29? Or is he 31? He's somewhere within that. He's in that space. When you get up to that age and you've already been playing for 12, 13 years professionally by he's that 32. point. He's 32. He's an old guy. So you're, you're going to get you in those situations, even with the millions of dollars that these guys are making, you can't, they can't affect change within their own leagues because they're so replaceable. They're so and- replaceable. For for those of you that don't know the the Aston Villa situation that Greg was referring to earlier, um, so today in the FA Cup game, today being Friday, uh, in the FA Cup game, Aston Villa was playing Liverpool in the third round. Aston Villa could not field a team because of a COVID scare, so they sent out their U23 team to play Liverpool. Got beat four to one. Uh, it was a close game for about sixty minutes. And then Liverpool scored, scored three goals in five, six minutes uh, and kind of put that out of reach. <laughs> but uh, laughing aside, they're, they're going to find ways to replace you. Yeah, because the, the name on the back of the T-shirt is not as important as the name on the front. And once the club is willing to field players, the, the games will continue. The referees are going to be out there. They're still going to make the same calls. The The... The governing bodies are not going to make any changes because to them, the players are nothing but a mosquito bite in the middle of the night. It does not affect the way in which things run. So Tyler and I just needed to air out our frustrations <laughs> on this podcast for the new year. It was it was coming, guys. We talked about it a lot last year, right? We, we saw some, some, some strange, uh, you know, unconventional calls last year in the Champions League. And Tyler is still seeing them today in the Premier League. I've seen them the majority of my life. I think that, you know, to a certain degree, you get numb to it. But all that aside, we still love the game. (laughs) This is what it comes down to. We still love the game. The only reason why we're frustrated is because we want to see, we want to see better decisions being made on the refereeing end of of things. And consistent. Just just any sort of consistency to, to understand why things are being called the way they are. Mm-hmm. It, it's how you can become a better viewer it's how you can become a better player yep and because then it, then you it's how you per- create a more enjoyable experience absolutely absolutely so with all that being said guys we are so happy to be back Tyler, I know you're happy to be back. It's always good talking football with you, sir. I almost said soccer again. I need to go get a drink of water. <laughs> 
and kind of purify myself of of saying that nothing against you, you, you don't know, need a drink of water take a shower clean 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 that wash, off clean wash that, that off. off wash that away what <laughs> the heck so i mean uh it's nice having you guys back thank you for listening to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and we hope to get back to you next week tune in on a monday because we're going to be talking transfer window opportunities and rumors, speculations, statistics, transfer market values. These are the things that I like to talk about. And I know that Tyler is super excited. He's been following these rumors like a cat to a mouse. It's, it's going to be an insane transfer window. Like either it's either going to be, it's polarizing. It could either be super insane where we see the, the, the geography uh, or the landscape of the footballing world change tremendously, or we could see everything just kind of nullify few transfers being made within this window space. And then for the, the, the summer transfer window, it's going to be, it's going to be a whirlwind of trouble. We're going to see things that, that are going to shock your mind out of your skull. So guys, like I said before, thank you so much for listening. And this has been a blow my whistle. Stop it. Stop.